Hey, welcome back to another episode of Nerdcaster. I'm your host, Joe, and with me this week I have Lori. Hey. And we have no guests in the studio again this week, but uh, we have a very special topic since I'm an old man, and I want to go back in time to video games of the 80s and 90s versus the video games of today. And um, starting off, one of the biggest complaints I have with video games today, they are for pussies. Anybody can take a video game today, go on the internet, and figure out how to beat it. Let's look at Contra or anything from the 80s. That didn't exist. Am I wrong? I'd never played Contra personally. The first couple of games I really played, I mean, for the Nintendo would be Super Mario Brothers and then Duck Hunt. And afterwards, I don't even know what happened to our Nintendo, but we had a Sega and we had those games. So and fine. Even <laughs> even Sonic the Hedgehog or Streets of Rage. You didn't have a guide to those games. You didn't know how to beat those bosses. You had to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I do. Um, I'm not really, I can't attest to difficulty level in games now. Um, I definitely had a harder time with them when I was younger, but is that because I had a soft brain as a nine-year-old <laughs> or, you know, I don't know what that is. Is it, was it really because the games were more difficult then? Um, no, they were more difficult. I don't care if I was a kid at that time. They were more difficult. Um, something interesting that I found, I have a, I have a 10 year old sister and when she got away, um, we downloaded some old virtual console games. Of course, she's into some, you know, things like Skylanders and other games like that, but she's into Pokemon, into Pokemon, definitely, but put her in front of Sonic the Hedgehog. She probably wouldn't get through like Green Hill Zone, like <laughs> stage one. That's what I'm saying. Kids today, when it comes to video games, it's they, they I believe it's more straightforward. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mario Brothers, you can only run in one direction here. But they tell you what to do. I'm going to bring up a game that's real recent. I am Satsuna. How many times do they have to tell you to do what you need to do next? Four times before the conversation is over. It's like, hey, you need to go to Castle Grayskull. Castle Grayskull is waiting for you. Don't remember. Don't forget. Don't forget. You got to stop by Castle Grayskull. It, it's it's in your future. I'm pretty sure that castle didn't exist in that game. No, it's from He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that did get very annoying after a while. I Am Satoon is one of the first RPGs in recent memory that I picked up without any guide whatsoever. I just decided to play the game as it went just to see how it would do. Of course, I get 80% through the game and all of a sudden I feel like I'm going to complete everything. And that made the last 20% of the game, I still haven't even truly beaten it. I do know what happens in the end, which kind of sucks. That's but why I think you stopped playing, actually. Actually, it's not. It's not why I stopped playing. It's I'm literally right at the end dungeon. I'm just one battle away from the final boss. It's just that I want to get everything. And, of course, I'm spending the most amount of time in that last 20% of the game versus the entire time I spent in the first 80. And that, for me, is what's most frustrating about games today is I really can't help myself when it comes to having to complete every side mission, get every ultimate weapon, get every everything you could possibly get in the game right before I beat it because am I really going to play this game again to get everything? So in the past, like my very first RPG that I've ever played from start to finish without a guide um, was Final Fantasy VIII and I didn't care about any of the side missions or anything extra I had to do. I did what I had to do to get through 
The storyline. The storyline. And, and that's the way a game should be. And then if you want to go back and do those extra things, go back. This is my problem with you and Final Fantasy Fifteen right now. Well, it, it's kind of, again, it, it's the very same problem that I even have with games nowadays because it's, you know, it adds a lot of value to the game, all these side missions and all these extra things you can do, but it definitely detracts from the overall story. It does give you a more complete... Um, experience i want to say for lack of a better word but it i guess with the way my personality is i want to go through it and complete every side mission now before i advance the main story and i definitely feel like it's a burden it's kind of a burden to kind of get through the game because i want to complete everything i want all the trophies i want all the achievements before i move on no that's fine don't get it before you move on see that's my issue i go back and do those things like I'm going to use Kingdom Hearts just because that's the game I have in most recent memory and I put a lot of hours into. I did the storyline first, maybe waited until the last battle, went back and did all my side missions, got my superior weapons in the whole nine yards and completed anything I didn't complete. Like, I don't need to get the Lady Luck Keyblade, but I went back and got the Lady Luck Keyblade. Plus, I like it. But it's stupid Keyblade. It is a stupid Keyblade and it's kind of worthless in the game. I just like it. And also, that's one of my favorite worlds. Yeah, that's a Wonderland world. But... But I waited till the end of the game. It's like, I want the storyline. I want the story. I want the story. Give me the story. That's it. And then I'll do the side missions. I get what you're saying. And I don't get me wrong. I completely agree with you. This is why I sleep while you play. You probably. But the biggest thing in Dragon Age Origins um, that came out for PS3 and Xbox 360 it was probably the first game where I actually looked at where actually, no, you can't complete every side mission at the end of the game because, the, and this happened to me because I have, you know, I missed one of the optional characters that you can recruit in the game in Lothering. Uh, I completely missed her. Didn't even, again, had no guy, just went through the game as I normally would. Just it advanced the storyline the way that I felt was natural. Learned later on when I was about, pretty much almost done with the game. I did complete this playthrough without her, but I miss Liliana in Lothering. And Lothering gets completely caught up by... It gets demolished. It gets demolished I by the blight. I actually remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't go back there to get her, so I missed her, and it was, again, it was a missed opportunity, so that, you know, this was some years ago. Um, you know, not a 90s or an 80s game by any means, but... By the way, best Dragon Age game. I, I didn't like the other two as much. I would agree. It is definitely the best one by far in terms of story and characterization. But, you know, this is um, I'm not going to really get into that at the moment. That's but, a topic for another time. Right. But like to my point, I got to a certain point in the game and I couldn't go back and I couldn't I couldn't grab the exercise missions because I didn't have, you know, couldn't do it anymore. Happened again in Final Fantasy before I even played this game happened in Final Fantasy X, two. Um, got to a certain point in the game, realized I couldn't get the best ending, the only real ending in this game, unless I 100% completed it, and I came nowhere close, to, nowhere close to it by the end of Chapter 3. Got really frustrated, kind of just gave up on the game. You threw down your controller in a, in a fiery way? Kind of, kind of. <laughs> and, you know, I shouldn't have looked it up. I should have just played through the game like I normally would, but that's where I feel like you get punished for not exploring every little nook and cranny in the game. And that, to me, is incredibly frustrating for the for the simple fact that this is like one of the first games in, in uh, that I've played. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of other games out there like this, but I felt punished in the main storyline for not going through every crevice of the game to get everything. And I was punished not in like, okay, I didn't get the ultimate weapon or I didn't get the best 
shield or I didn't get something that was amazing but also optional, I got screwed out of the real ending of the game. Do you know what they call that in my time? Replayability. Replayability. X. Okay, it was a first of all, X two was a spinoff, something that shouldn't have never existed it's, in the first place. I'll agree with you, which is why you shouldn't have played it in the first place. But how many times are you going to replay a game to get a real? How many times are you going to get to to get the real ending? How Let, many times? Let's look at Until Dawn. How many endings do you get in that game? That game is a twelve-hour game. X two different story. You're like forty, fifty hours into a game like that. If if you're really if you're really fast and you really kind of know what you're doing. Maybe 25. All right. So Until Dawn to me felt like an older video game where you have multiple endings. It's a short game. It's 10 to 12 hours. But the replayability is ridiculous. Games nowadays are, you're right, like 80-hour games. So people feel like they're getting their money's worth without replayability. Now the replayability in games, in my opinion, is online play. Overwatch, um, which is a bad example, actually, because it is only online play. But but games like, um, I don't know, something with Arkham Knight where you can beat the game, but then there's some online crap you can do. Or DLC. And I think we both agree that DLC is the biggest, biggest money pit in any video game franchise out there. You can thank all of the pay-to-play social media game, like all of those gimmicks for DLC. Now, on one side, if you're a really avid fan... DLC is great because you can still live out the game without replaying the whole thing and get extra content. So I think in that way it's awesome, but at the same at the same time it's just like you're shelling out seven dollars for this DLC or ten dollars for this extra map or or twelve dollars. You know, I actually did this for drag for Dragon Age Origins. I downloaded DLC to finish out pretty much what was Morrigan's side story the best for the main character. Game. She was a great character, but I paid this money to kind of finish her story, um, which isn't technically complete until you, you know, you play Dragon Age Inquisition. The one thing I have to say about Dragon Age, and I do need to bring this up because apparently this has come up multiple times in this, this conversation. The sex in that game, A, is better than sex in in any of the games following that and was kind of crude, but it was (laughs) fucking funny. And if no, if you out there have not played Dragon Age, the the first one, Origins, was it? Mm-hmm. If you haven't played it, go look up the sex scenes on YouTube, and you'll laugh hysterically. Because they're not—I wouldn't even call them sex scenes. They're very tongue in cheek. It, it's dude. It's, there's a chick sitting on a dude with like a black bra on that I think they only put on her to make it look like the black bars in porno or whatever. It's, it's weird, but it, it's it's kind it, of it's fucking. You kind of realize that it's. Again, it's tongue in cheek. It's it's kind of funny. You can't take it that seriously. In two and three, they try to take it as more of an intimate thing. It's much less about them. But they fade to black. Dis- they like fade to black. They fade to black, but they like dis. You know, you don't really see them like get naked, which is kind of like I think a good thing because it's like okay, these are like pixels, okay. And granted, you do get attached to the characters. There's something called hentai out there. There are pixels too. I. Okay, well, this is not what this show is about. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. No, if if I'm playing a game for like 40 to 80 hours, it's like, no, you know what? I don't need to know what your bits look like. Well, 8-bit, 16-bit, 32-bit, <laughs> I don't need to know what those bits look like, okay? They, know, can, they can stay as black bars. It's totally fine. When you were playing Origins, and this is definitely not going in the direction I, I, I play in the show going, but it, when you were playing Origins, all I could wait for is like, yo, take Morgan back to the tent. Take her back to the tent. 
it's actually it was funny it's not even okay so i played dragon age actually multiple playthroughs with different types of characters and so you remember the playthrough with morgan i did another playthrough as a female which you couldn't actually pair up with morgan no you could pair it with that other girl from Lothering that you you, you could killed. but i missed her so and you didn't pair up with her anyway no watching the I, girl on girl scene might no, have been cool too. i paired up with alistair who was voiced by steve valentine which if you looked at a picture of steve valentine you'd be like ooh. Dude, you know, he, they, he was on the Disney Channel in uh, the Wizards of Waverly Place movie. <laughs> he was he was in a, he was in a few things actually, but that's what I remember. You take right a look. Now. So everybody, you know, you go on forums and Reddit and like YouTube and and everything like that, and you have like, people just swooning over this this voice actor. But like, look at him. He, he kind of looks like Steve Perry from Journey. Does he? With the big nose and the lanky-ass body. It's not even... I'm not, I'm not trying to insult the way the guy looks, but he definitely doesn't look as he sounds. Uh, but anyway, not the point. Had my second playthrough as a female the following time. but And so like, there's like, open commentaries. Once you actually develop a relationship with another character, mine happened to be Alistair, again, voiced by Steve Valentine, you would literally go up and like ask him, like, hey, will you? do you want to like join me in my tent? Like... The weirdest opening line ever. Like, let me just walk up to somebody in camp and ask them, do you want to join me in my tent? This is ridiculous. Well, coming from a girl, that pickup line might work. From a dude, not maybe, so much. Maybe, but it, it's, um, it's, I don't know. It's just weird. There's an, also, I've never personally done hey, this. Laurie, after the show, you want to join me? No, in shut the hell up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Um. There's also a, an option once you get to um, a really familiar level with Morrigan, you have the option to literally slap her in the face. Oh, did you do it? Yes, and you know what happens? She you likes s- it. She her your approval her approval rating of you goes up because <laughs> you just slapped her across the face. It says, you know, it's one of the options. You kind of just pick it because you don't know what's going to happen, and it just says Morrigan approval like plus four or something. It's the weirdest Kitty. thing. All right, all right, all right. So. Again, but back, yeah, no, back to the DLC part of it. Again, you had to purchase a separate kind of pack. It came with two new maps, two or three, uh, one or two new maps. You, you go through some dungeon. You kind of find out what happens to her and what she wants to do. And again, at the end of the DLC, there's kind of an open-ended ending that you choose based on your, you know, what you've chosen in a conversation. But you're spending, again, 7 to $10 a pop, you know, for different things in this game. And you know what? To be honest, they're not all that necessary. The game is completely, um, it feels very satisfying once you beat the game. It doesn't really, you don't need that DLC. So it's like DLC is in the middle of um, completing a game, being completely satisfied with the ending. Maybe you'll replay it again, maybe you won't, to feeling that you just need a little bit more. DLC fits right in the middle of that. You get a little bit of extra action. But depending on how much DLC you buy, you could easily buy like a completely new game. Like, do you love this game so much that you're going to, you know, get nickel and dimed by Bioware or whatever company or whoever, yeah. whatever distributor or publisher? Are you going to do that? Uh, the counterpoint to that, though, like you said, it's a whole new game. Is that those characters worth playing a whole new game? So if it is a whole new game, is it worth it? See, like, here's and it's the opinionated. Thing. That's opinionated. I guess. And so, like, in the past where you would have these games, like, okay, if you wanted to not let the game go and you didn't want the story to end, like, 
Go to fanfiction.net and go read some fanfic about it or write and your own. And that's free. A lot of people a lot of people do that. And it's totally viable because they but don't want not, the story to end. But now you have canon. the option. It's not canon. It's not canon, but now you have the option to to you know, to live out the game or the storyline you know, more than you would out of the game. The problem I have with it is that the amount that ends up being published before a new game is, you know, developed yeah. It could easily equal a brand new game. And is that really what you're getting? Like, so are you paying $5 here and there? Is it worth no, it? No, I, I, I understand. And the DLC, as far as Origin goes, or, or Final Fantasy games, or Arkham Knight and the Batman games, I think those DLCs are okay. I don't think they're that bad. Yeah, they're nickel and diming you, but you get to choose and pick what you want to play and not play. I have a problem with DLC in games like mobile games or especially in games like Destiny or or like Call of Duty where there's a new map pack every month and it's just for the same Call of Duty game. And then if you get a new Call of Duty game, and, and again, I don't really play these games as often from my understanding though, not all of that stuff carries over and now you spend all this money on top of the game for it to be worthless when the new game comes out. That's where my my problem lies. As far as DLC for like Arkham Knight or, or any of those, if I want Nightwing and I got to pay an extra $3 for Nightwing so I can do something with Nightwing, I'm going to pay the $3 for Nightwing. I get a whole new character. But to play. why? Because it's Nightwing. Oh, because it's kind of cool. I mean, I guess it's worth 3 bucks. If I can continue a storyline in something and it gives me an additional two, three hours of gameplay, depending on the price, I'd probably pay it. However, if it is stopping something like a new game coming out because they're releasing DLC, then I do have an issue. But but now let's move to a different area of DLC. Let's talk about MMOs, Final Fantasy XIV, World of Warcraft, etc. All that stuff is DLC. Heavensward, um, whatever the new one is, I don't I don't even know. I got to get back into that. Let me ask you a question. So, would you feel like DLC is worth its weight in money if you got pretty much a dollar? Per hour. Quite honestly, I don't like DLC. I don't like DLC because I'm just playing devil's advocate with you here because I know there's plenty of people out there that do like it. My issue with DLC is I came from a generation where, yes, I played Mario Brothers. I beat Mario Brothers. To beat a game, it was an accomplishment. You felt proud of yourself for beating a game. Nowadays, it's like, eh, I beat the game. What's next? Oh, I spent $60 on this and I beat it in, 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 in 10 hours. It wasn't worth my money. Ten, you could beat Mario Brothers in 11 minutes or less if you really tried. And people are like, holy shit, I just beat in 11 minutes or less. Because the game is legit hard. Look at Punch-Out back in the day. Fighting Mike Tyson is no fucking joke. These games were easy, simple games um, built-wise. Uh, like like concept-wise, I guess the word I'm looking for is. Like, all right, you beat this box, you move the next box, and so on and so forth. But they got progressively harder. There was new patterns and everything to learn. And when you beat it, it felt like an accomplishment. I don't feel that way about games now. I and, only feel that way. And the way they give you the accomplishments. Like, here's a fucking trophy that means absolutely nothing on the PlayStation Network. But it lets all your friends know that you did it. You know what? I, you know what? On that track, I totally agree with you. Sometimes you'll just play through a game. It doesn't even matter what the hell you did, but you got an achievement for doing it. It's like you would have gotten an achievement for... For you farting wrong. Well, you would have gotten this achievement anyway, as long as you had the game on and you progressed it. Again, yeah, those achievements are very hollow. And yes, I completely agree with you there. So 
you come from a generation of games like that. I kind of do too, but I got involved with game maybe a little bit late. I wasn't until, like until I was about 10 or 11 from, you know, Street Fighter on as Street Fighter, Streets of Rage and other um Sega games and then moved on to RPGs when I was, you know, an early teenager. But I also, you know, when I was graduating college, I did an internship at a gaming company in New York City at Times Square. It sounds so much better than it was. Um, thought I hit the jackpot. I'm like, let me just intern here for a year or two, and I'm solid. This is great. Unfortunately, uh, it was a social media game company, and this is back in 2000. When the hell? Did, this is back in 2011. Wow, feels so or 2010. Long ago. It does. So, the goal of this company, I'm not going to give out the name, was to develop games for Facebook and monetize, and that's how they were going to do. They're going to pu- publish content to be distributed on Facebook so you the user would pay for it but their methodology was like how can we get the average user to spend between one and three dollars every so often so that we make millions and it was it a lot of thought went into the psychology of how they could literally get the dumb casual gamer to spend money because Keyword, the console though. gamers, the console, but their market wasn't console gamers. Console gamers know better. Console gamers is not going to drop $3 on a piece of shit, even if it's only $3. So back in 2010, 2011, there it, wasn't a shitload of DLC out. There were some, but not by any means a lot. Not, not the way it is today. And I think that we can really thank social media games for doing that because they monetize. In-game purchases, yeah. In-game purchases and all this crap. Because they they were averaging like the average user of a game will spend twenty to thirty dollars before they get so frustrated with this game that they're going to completely give up and never play it again. On the flip side of that, we have been victims. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. We've been victims. You once, me twice, when it came to that. And what was that game called? It was a Disney. It game. was a Disney Facebook game. I. It's embarrassing. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it is really embarrassing. And I don't even tell. I don't even tell regular people. I don't even tell my closest friends that I even did this. And, and we chopped down trees and dug <laughs> holes and shit to find dumb crap. It Think, was in Farmville, but it was fucking close. But it, it, they made it sound like there was an end to this, and then when you realize there was no end, is where I gave up. But that's where they get you. And again, you think I would be a little bit more defensible against this because I worked in a company where there were discussions, open discussions, either over lunch or we had these scrum meetings in the morning. Scrum. Scrum. And it was just about getting and they quote unquote the dumb casual gamer to spend money on these games. So insulting. Of course, I thought myself kind of above all that. Um this is actually the very first job I ever got fired from. Got fired from an internship that um, that paid me almost nothing to go there every day. I took a train or a bus. You were spending more money to get there. Than I was spending worth. more money to actually commute to work and get a two dollar bagel for lunch every day than I actually was that I got paid. But I I figured I was going to do it for the end game and this was going to benefit me in my career. I waitressed on the weekends. To actually make my rent and and do it, so I worked I worked nonstop with no days off for three and a half months before I kind of came to my end, and I got fired. Um, my own fault. I had a pretty bad attitude, I will admit, but it wasn't a sustainable work environment, even for interns who did not work the weekends. It was a very difficult environment just to begin with. But getting back to DLC, 
Um, well, no, I actually just want to kind of explain this a little bit as far as like the methodology and the psychology that these people use to get you to buy in game okay. to, to actually. So we would have conversations um, and we had some pretty talented game developers, you know, as consultants working on different projects um, that had really cool concepts. They never, at least not that I know of, ever saw the light of day, which is unfortunate, but we literally had conversations on how we we're going to get the average person to spend the most money out of their pocket, the most disposable money that they could give us for absolutely no reason. And it was for no reason. Like you got in-game currency or you got these special prizes or you got these special abilities that were temporary for, but for no, for no reason, it wasn't going to advance the game at all. You just kind of gave this perception that you were getting something, you know, worthwhile for your three dollars here and there but over time again they pretty much calculated that you were good for about 30 bucks before it was over and so what do you think about this um do you think like if you're playing a game like that you know definitely time investment developers artists they put time into this definitely do you think a free game with in-game purchases is worth 30 dollars of in-game purchases is it worth the value that you would pay for a console game off the shelf. Do you think it's worth it? In my opinion, no. In the opinion of my my mother or or somebody who didn't grow up with gaming consoles, it's a possibility because now they all have smartphones and and smartphones are catered to the the, the, the to be the easiest possible thing so anybody can use it. And I'm only bringing my mother into this because she does do this. She doesn't spend the money on the games. But she'll use all the free sh free stuff she can, and I believe if she could and knew how to purchase <laughs> through the phone, she would. But do I personally think it's worth it? No. I, I, I don't like mobile games, period, and that includes like the Pokemon Go stuff and, and all these, these games that, that were huge for a little bit of time here and there. And the only actually game I played that I can honestly say I played and beat but never bought anything in-game or anything was the Super Mario run. And it took me literally like six hours to get through it. And I think more than half that time I was busy screwing around and, and doing dumb crap. So, but I did buy the game. I did buy the mobile game. I didn't purchase. Yeah, but you bought it. You know, it wasn't free yeah. from the get-go. So free from the get-go, like these Facebook games like Candy Crush and all that crap. No, I don't play any of them. I think they're all garbage. And quite honestly, I do believe it's some money-hungry gaming company, company on the back end that doesn't give a shit about graphics, doesn't give a shit about storyline, doesn't give a shit about gameplay. They give a shit about you spending that $1 or $2 in-game app to get, make them money. It's a, it's a get-rich-quick get scheme in my mind. Yeah. And I don't agree with it, and I hate it. You're not totally wrong. So they do care about graphics. They do care about content. But one thing that you're all right about, they do not care about storyline. That is the last thing. So between developers and designers that they need to employ to, you know, pretty much fulfill their Ponzi scheme, the last thing they need to, you know, pay, the last people they need to pay are writers. The thing I think they don't, I don't think they care about graphics. I think they care about smooth running more than anything else. I would, you know, well, at least the company that I interned for, they were definitely, they, they cared a lot about the graphics. They cared a lot about the visuals. So, let, let, speaking of the company you worked for, and, and I don't know if you kept up on them or anything else, but were they a success or did they falter? You didn't, Like I said, you didn't mention their name, so. As far as I know, they released one game while I was interning there that met with some moderate success, but they completely reskinned the game. They retitled it, and 
I want to say they had over 2 million monthly users on Facebook using it. So that's pretty moderate success. But have I have they had any titles released after that? I don't even know because I've never heard of it. And I really couldn't say whether or not they did or didn't. I've not really kept up with too many people that still work there and also haven't really no. heard too much about anything they've released since then. Okay. I was just curious because uh, uh, you haven't talked about that in a while. To me, I after don't. After your story, I think we owe it to people listening. <coughs> if, bless you. Thank you. If you do know the end game in it. I really don't think they released. They, I don't even know if they released anything after that. They could just be coasting on the initial success of the one game they released. And I had no part of that whatsoever. That was already 99% completed by the time I started interning there. So it was pretty much a done deal. Well, I can tell you this. The one game you're talking about uh, has over 10 billion downloads. Really? It is the only game. I'm looking at their website. It is the only game they have. Well, 10 billion. I mean, you can't really say. 10 billion is a pretty high number. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm pretty sure people did pay their their uh, money in t- into the game. And, I mean, their, their, their website is still kind of janky. Uh, but, I mean, they, they made their money off the one game, and they're just riding that wave. And, in fact, their website just crashed on me. Well, <laughs> again, they fired me. Um, good, I told good, every- your website no, crashed. I told everybody that I knew that I quit. And, honestly, I was kind of on the verge of it just because I only – I worked there for three and a half months, and I was already at the end of my rope. So I was on the verge of doing it, whether or not – and to be fair, they did ask me if I could hold on. Like, can you work here for a year on this very little money that we can afford to pay you? And I did say yes because I just wanted an opportunity. But this also – um, for anybody who's in a position of hiring or any type of decision making in their company, please, please, please do not employ free interns. It's unethical. They need to eat and live too. But um, it does get old. Like you can pretty much do it. You can intern for free or for practically nothing, I think, for about three months before you're just pretty much done. Even with the best intentions, you walk into it with the best intentions. I again, was getting paid a pittance every month. And then they figured out that they got venture funded and were and just got millions of dollars in their and, pockets. And, but they were paying, like, not just me. I was, I was not nearly the only one. I was the only one that got fired, but I was not the only intern well, that was there. You don't know you're the only one who got fired. But <laughs> to swing, swing it all the way back around to, to the DLC stuff, um, m- my point in the DLC is in-game purchases are great, I think, for – for people who, who game on a mobile device and want to pay the $1 to $3, and that's all they have. I mean, if it gives them a little bit of joy, it gives them a little bit of joy. Do I agree with it? I really don't. I, I don't I don't like it. Um, I am a console guy over a PC gamer any day. I like my PS4. I love my Wii U, only for Smash Brothers, but that's a different story. And uh, But like, like Smash Brothers, for instance, the DLC in that game, you got the extra characters, the extra maps. They stopped the DLC, though. There wasn't much. I mean, I don't remember what the total cost was, but it was less than like 50 bucks. Do I think that DLC was worth it for the extra maps and the extra characters? I do. And I, I think it was worth it because now I can take my Wii U to a, a tournament if I go to a tournament. I have a question. Mm-hmm. That $50 you just said that was worth it for DLC. No. Game... I don't think it was that much. I really don't. I think it was like 25 max. Okay, so let's even say it was 25. Uh-huh. Game averages about what between 50 to 60 dollars upon release. Correct. 
let's just say it's 60. Let's add 25. So now $85. Mm-hmm. Now, say this game, you got a laundry list of everything it featured, plus everything included in DLC, but it was $85. Would you buy it? Okay, let's look at this. How long have I been playing Smash Brothers? A, a pretty long time. Any game, not just Smash Brothers. I'm talking about... No, not every game is worth that. Not every game is worth that. And I, I totally believe that. Like, I, I didn't pay that much for any of the Batman games that I played, and I put hours into some of those games. You bought any DLC? Okay, so outside of Super Smash Brothers, have you bought any DLC for any other game? Uh, yes, the Batman games, the Arkham games. How much? Just out of curiosity. Uh, maybe, well, actually, when I bought the season pass, it was a waste of money because I did not utilize the season pass as best as I could. So that, yeah, was a waste of money. But as far as buying the characters and, and the missions I wanted, I think they were like five to eight dollars a piece and I only bought like two or three in some of the other games and that that was fine um and and quite honestly those were only maybe 40 minutes of gameplay right but if it was included in the original game upon release and it was the same amount of money as you would have spent with deals would you be okay with paying that amount of money up front probably not so is it okay? Is that how DLC has really made a market for itself? Because it's like they've taken you away from the initial $60, 50 to $60 purchase. But you don't have to buy it if you don't want it. You don't. You don't. It's, That's a good point. I mean, it is a good point. But I mean, but again, where I think it, it kind of fucks people, and I mean fucks people hard, is games like Call of Duty or games of Destiny where you need this map pack to play with your friends online. Because they all have it and you don't. Now you're forced to buy it if you want to continue playing with your friends. That, I think, is scummy as fuck. I kind of do, too. See, so on one side, you know, I'm in, you know, I'm in an art profession. So I completely respect the amount of time and effort from, you know, artists, developers, designers um, to actually even, you know, you know, put the work into to publish some DLC. But at the same time, it's it's. You know, I wonder just professionally on on their side, like, do they want to move on to a different project or do they want to just keep creating add on content for something that's already kind of been completed? So it's it's sort of like writing um, epilogue after epilogue after epilogue of the same book that's already been written. Is it is that even is that fulf- I would love to get um anybody from the game industry who's worked on an original piece and then also on some DLC and I really would love to know if it's worth it if it's something that's still satisfying and fulfilling to them mm-hmm. to create it see my my thing is it, it's like that that's great but what about that secondary character I'm going to use again the Batman series like like Harley Quinn where you can get a little bit more of her background or a secondary mission and learn more about her is it worth it to you for that for character development where you couldn't include in the main game because now you have the uh, okay maybe you could because it would have just been a side mission that you don't have to do. So I'm 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 gonna eat the words that I was gonna come out <laughs> with. <laughs> you but you know what I mean? It's like ah again I bought that Harley Quinn <laughs> fucking DLC because I just wanted to play as Harley. But uh, did I think that was worth it after it? I, I actually didn't. I thought it was too much money for the little amount of gameplay I got. So again, I think the DLC money thing, I don't like it. I'm personally against it. Included in the game, I don't think the game should be more money. I look at it as, if you're going to add it to the game, it should have been in the game to begin with. I look at it as you took a shortcut out to release a game, to get it out when you want to get out, and then you'll just release the shit later and make people pay for it. That's the, In my mentality, that's the way I look at it. 
because there's a lot of games where the DLC is already done before the game comes out, and they know once people buy it, they'll release the DLC in two or three weeks. Now, I know in that two or three weeks that the game has been out that you did not program, design, and set all this up in two or three weeks. So it had to be ready before then. Just my two cents. No, I'm inclined to agree with you there. Again, I'm not really too keen on what the development cycles are, but they're not that short. They're not short enough that you're publishing brand new DLC within two to three weeks of game release. Even I would a month. Say, even a month. Well, no, even a month. I would say it would have to be, if you're if you're not even beginning DLC content, I would say that has to be, you need at least six to nine months, to, in my opinion, after game release, if you're starting it after the game's release. But you're right, they're probably already planned. And if it's, you know, you're downloading, again, a new map or a new weapon or something like that, you know, those are probably have short, short shorter life cycles as far as, you know, in the development process. Again, I would really love to know. And if we have any listeners out there who are involved in the game industry at any, at any point in time, please, you know, email hello at nerdcaster.com and just share with us what that experience is like. I would really love to know. Uh, I'm sure our listeners would love to know just what that process is exactly like, you know, in regards to um, working on something that's packaged as a full console game versus what they do when they release DLC. I, again, something super interesting to know. I, I don't feel like that topic is covered enough and on any medium. Yeah, I don't even think we even scratched the surface on this episode. But again, you're talking about the game designers that uh, you want to weigh in and what their thought is and everything. Well, what about our listeners? I'm curious to see what our listeners think about DLC. Do you agree with me and Lori or me versus Lori, depending on which me in this episode you agree with? Um, do you do you like it? Comment on, on the show notes on uh, www.nerdcaster.com and, and let us know your thoughts. Anything else you want to plug? No, that was pretty much everything I got. All right, we're going to wrap this up. So remember, guys, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaster, on Twitter at nerd underscore caster, on Instagram at nerdcaster. Please visit our website at www.nerdcaster.com. Again, leave us comments. Uh, send us emails at hello at nerdcaster.com. And more importantly, and, and please, 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 like us on, uh, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, same thing with Google Play or Stitcher or your favorite podcast directory. Um, we look forward to hearing from you guys. And thanks for listening. Nerdcaster out. Nerdcaster out.